Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is RJ and Kylie, and we are the No Limits Podcast, coming to you live today from a special location, my parents' basement uh, in good old Riverside, Rhode Island, not Brooklyn, Connecticut. And today we are joined by my father, Kylie's grandfather, and we're going to be talking about the Three Stooges. Before we get into it, I just want to say that uh, thanks again for checking out the Elimination Chamber episode that uh, that me and my buddy Steve did. That got a lot of good reviews. We appreciate that. And tonight, I promise the elusive Footloose episode will be getting done, and that'll be dropped later tonight. So before we get into the Stooges, like I said, we have a guest today. That's my father. His name's Rick. So say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> so he's going to hopefully help uh, catch that nostalgic feeling of um, watching the Stooges. Now, he, he's, he's still young in his mind, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he, he's been watching the Stooges since he was a kid. Um, so it's going to be nice to hear a firsthand account of, you know, seeing the Stooges on TV. Uh, he actually got to meet the Stooges. We'll get into that. Um, he heard... Uh, Larry on BRU in Providence do one of his final interviews. Uh, sorry, he met Mo uh, Mo on BRU um, in Providence, not Larry, my mistake. Um, so we're going to get into all that, but we're going to, you know, on No Limits Podcast, we said we're going to cover everything. So the Stooges actually had a pretty uh, pretty pain-in-the-ass run with, uh, with all the movie studios and different agents and everything. So we're going to cover all that, and then we're actually going to cover the TV show part of it. So the Three Stooges premiered in 1922, and it ended uh, in 1970, and they did a total of 190 short films. They were originally called Ted Healy and His Stooges, also Ted Healy and His Southern Gentlemen, and His uh, Racketeers. Those were the two names that they went by. Ted Healy was orig the, the originator of it. Um, they didn't just come out as the Three Stooges. So those were the names that they went by. Uh, Mo Howard was the first to join Healy. Then a few months later, Mo's brother, Shemp Howard, and uh, Shemp joined too with the trio. Um, Larry Fine, uh, and I, I'm going to get this right, Louis Feinberg joined in 1928. But Healy was the lead comedian, and the Stooges would make background noises causing Healy to react verbally and physically. So... The Stooges didn't, you know, start out with their slapstick kind of comedy. Um, they basically were background noises and the background performers for uh, Mr. Healy. Um, the first film was put out in 1930 called Soup to Nuts, released by Fox. But the problem was, is Fox loved the Stooges and they didn't really care so much for Healy. Um, and... Fox decided to, as I turn my page, you hear that crinkle. <laughs> um, Fox decided to make the Stooges an offer because, as they put it, their their performance was quite memorable. But Healy, like I said, he was uh, he was pretty pissed off about that, and he told Fox that um, that Shemp, Mo, and Larry were his employees. So to avoid any more trouble, Fox withdrew their offer. Mo. Shemp and Larry found out what Healy did, and they actually uh, left Healy for a little bit. Um, they found in an act called Howard Fine and Howard, or Three Lost Souls, and they actually went out on tour 
um, as that as that comedy group, Healy actually tried to sue them. Of course, you know, as everybody does in this day and age too. They uh, Healy tried to sue them, saying that the material they used was copyrighted. When that didn't work, I found this interesting. Today, this would be called an act of terrorism, Kylie. Um, this is this is how times were different back then. But uh, he threatened to blow up theaters that they performed at. So he said, "If you guys perform at any theater, I'm going to blow it up." Today, you would just you'd go to federal prison for that. <laughs> so, um, and because of that, now check this out. Because of that, Shemp actually believed that he was going to do this. Shemp believed that he was going to blow up the theaters, so he got scared, and he wanted to leave, but cash rules everything. So they gave Shemp a big pay raise, and Shemp actually stayed on the tour, and they didn't get blown up, thank God. <laughs> so that's just pretty interesting how that went down. <clears throat> um, after all that happened, Moe was now in charge of the boys. He was the manager. Um, they were they were hired to work in Jacob, oh, I hope I say this right, Schubert's Passing of the Show was the name of the title. Um, Healy was still around um, at this point, and I don't, you know, I don't know why he would keep him around, but he was around, uh, and he found Healy found Ted Healy found a loophole in his contract, and he actually left the production. Shemp was on this production, but he was so tired of the way that Healy was treating everybody, and he was just sick of his crap. Shemp left the production. Shemp went out and did his own comedy tour in 1933. And he was hired by Vitaphone, and he actually went out and had quite a career. He was he was featured in several titles. Um, with Shemp gone, Moe suggested that his other brother Jerry, uh, sorry, Jerome, sorry, did you hear my dad correct me? You can cut in anytime you want to say that. See, <laughs> father and son, I got corrected again, like I always used to when I was a kid. At least I didn't get slapped. <laughs> but uh, now his his uh, so my mistake, um, Jerome. Oh, Jerry for short, but Jerome Howard uh, was brought in to try out, and he had chest, as they put it, chestnut hair and a handlebar mustache. Now, Kylie, you know who Curly is? Mm -hmm. The you know, okay. So Curly used to have flowing locks, according, and a big handlebar mustachio. So uh, Healy said that. Um, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He didn't fit the part. He didn't look the part of of uh, Mo and Larry and, and Ted Healy himself. So Jerome shaved his hair and mustache, came back in and said, "Boy, do I look like a? Do I look girly?" And Healy thought he heard curly, and that's how the name stuck. Now, from what I my research, it said that there were several other accounts on how uh, curly got his name, but. This this was one of them that I found. So that, that's a pretty neat story. It's like it's like talking to Papa. <laughs> or actually, I can tell a funny story. Uh, my grandmother, she was kind of hard of hearing, and I had a girlfriend. This is going back in the mid '90s, people. Uh, I had a girlfriend that um, she worked at a place called Miller's Roast Beef, and great food, by the way. But my grandmother said, "Oh, where does your girlfriend work?" And I said, "Oh, Graham, she works at Miller's Roast Beef," and she goes. Little Bo Peeps, what the hell is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, that's you know that's it's just funny how things can change. Um, so, Healy and his Stooges 
were then signed to Metro Goldwyn Mayer, which is MGM uh, with the lion, you know, you see in the Rocky movies, uh, in 1933 and did a bunch of shorts with Healy starring in a bunch of them, actually. So Healy, the little bastard, he's kind of, you know, keeping his, his uh, face in the limelight here. Uh, the contract ended in 1934. Uh, according to Mo Howard, it was Healy's drinking and abusiveness that caused them to leave Healy for good. This was it. They were done. They, you know, and it, it seems to be a pattern because Shemp, Shemp originally left to go on his own because of Healy. Uh, and Ted Healy uh, died in 1937 of unknown causes. So he probably, you know, back then they didn't have toxicology, so he probably drank himself to death or maybe drugs. Drugs are bad. I'm <laughs> so, so Healy died in 1937. Now known as the Three Stooges, they signed on to Columbia Pictures in 1934 to do two comedy shorts. Now, I found this interesting. Mo Howard, in his book, said they got $600, excuse me, $600 a week that's you know to do the shows that's what they got paid and today's money that is eleven thousand two hundred and thirty seven dollars a week yeah what would you do with that kind of money for for uh for weekly pay eleven thousand dollars what would you do give us a thought kylie i'd either save it or i don't know i'd probably save it that's what i would do all right and my dad's a big car collector so with eleven thousand dollars a week you'd probably get your Tucker or your Packard? Am I am I right? <laughs> so he's nodding his head. Don't be afraid to talk. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, so the contract with them was a one year contract. Um, then they signed a um, a term contract, and this is fun too, for seventy five hundred dollars per film, and in today's money, that was a hundred and forty thousand four hundred and forty six dollars. In today's money, but they divided it between the three of them, so that's that's still a hefty paycheck. Um, the Stooges shorts were so popular that Columbia uh, Columbia told theater owners that they would not sell them uh, any more Stooges material unless they bought some of their B films, so some of their crappier films, because nobody wanted anything but the Stooges from Columbia. So Columbia, you know, kind of backdoored it and said, "Well, guess what? You got to buy the junk." To get the good stuff, um, with the shorts. Now they were saying. Now Columbia went to the Stooges and said the shorts were in decline. The Stooges were worried that um, Columbia would not renew their contracts. But and this is kind of messed up, Kylie. They did renew the Stooges at the very last second of every contract. But it was a scare tactic used by Columbia to hide the real value of the Stooges. Um, so the Stooges wouldn't ask for a bigger contract. So they lied to the Stooges and told them, your style of film is, is going by the wayside. Short films are not popular anymore. So you'll be lucky if we even renew your contract because if the Stooges knew that they were, you know, they were worth millions, that they would want more money. I mean, typical. It's, you see it all the time today. Um, just like the Red Sox with Craig Kimbrell, you jerk. Sign. Sign with the Sox, you dope. Anyway, um, so so they, they did that so they wouldn't ask for more money. So Columbia would bank. They would make more money off of them. Well, guess what? It worked for 23 years. 23 years it worked for them. 
Mo found out, and he stated later in his book, uh, he found out in 1957 what a valuable commodity they were and how many millions uh, many millions were lost that by them that they could have earned because of the scare tactic. So they got screwed by Colombia pretty bad. I mean, if if you lost out on millions, would you would you be pretty upset? Yeah, especially if yeah, that would be terrible. Like to get lied to basically, to get lied to basically about it and lose out on all that, that'd be bad. Yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty mad about that too. So um they lost out on millions. How about how about you, Dad? If you did all this hard work and pumped out all these films, would you uh would you be pissed? <laughs> Very upset. <laughs> so that's a lot of fancy cars you lose out on. Um <clears throat> The Stooges were required to make eight short films per year within a 40-week period. But the remaining 12 weeks of the year, they could do whatever they wanted. So they could seek other employment. Uh, they could go out and do tours, you know, things like that. So they had a little time to themselves. Most of them just, just took, you know, they, they just took the time off. Um, with World War II lurking, the Stooges actually poked fun at the Nazis and Japanese. And I think you might remember some of the episodes. Um, there was one where they dressed up as, as Hitler. Yes. And uh, a couple of them uh, where they dressed up as Japanese soldiers. Do you remember any of those episodes? I do remember. I remember those. They were very, very funny. Mo Howard, he looked just like Hitler. He had that little patch of hair underneath his nose. <laughs> and, uh, boy, he really looked like Hitler. It was, it was good. And then uh, they had Curly dress up like a Japanese sailor. And he was in a uh, officer's uniform, and boy, he fit the pot perfect. <laughs> so, they uh, they made fun of of them, you know. I think maybe to help the troops out and help the American people out because that was a, I guess, a scary time. I wasn't around then, but from what I see, I can see why they called them the greatest generation because uh, that was one hell of a time. Um, with the war going on at this point, production costs went up. So the film quality actually went down. At this point, Curly was the most popular, and he was liked for his childhood, childlike antics. But because he shaved his head, and he had these, he was known for his childlike antics. This is pretty sad. Um, it made him feel uh, unappealing to women, and he had a lot of insecurities. So what did he do? He drank. He drank and ate a lot. And he became a heavy drinker and he became, you know, he just ate terribly. Um, in the 40s, Curly's blood pressure was so high that it actually started to affect him in negative waves, uh, ways. In 1945, it affected his performances. So now, because of all this and the long-term effects, his performances are going in the crapper. Um, with a five-month break, Curly, and I found this interesting... Curly got married for a third time, a third time, but the marriage was just doomed from the start because they got married in, um, I think I have it written down here, uh, I think they got married in October, and they actually split up in January of 46, so he got married in October of 45, and they split up in October of 46, that's a, that's a short-lived marriage, I can only imagine how bad that was. Uh, when they went back to filming in November of 1945, they said that Curly was so bad he was a shell of himself. And by 1946, he was so ill, he had, uh, he had a hard time finishing any of the films. On May 6, 1946, Curly suffered a bad stroke on the set, ending his 14-year career of acting. So 
That just goes to show you, eat your vegetables, people. <laughs> and take out your problems other ways besides drinking. It never works out well for you. Uh, Curly wound up appearing on film one more time in 1947 in Hold That Lion. It was the only film to have all four Stooges actually appear in it, which is pretty cool. And I saw a picture today while I was doing the research on this and everything, and, and Curly actually had his handlebar mustache back. He looked like a completely different guy. I wouldn't even have recognized him unless they... Uh, Unless they showed it, and I think you saw that saw that it. episode. Yeah, you actually told me about that. He was, he was. Uh, they were looking for somebody, and they were checking out all the passengers on the train. And one gentleman was sitting there minding his own business, reading a newspaper. They grabbed the newspaper out of his hands, and it was it was curly. And his hair had grown, and his mustache had grown a little bit. They put the paper back in his hand and moved along. He never said a line or anything. He just <clears> did that one. One appearance. Yeah, that uh, that was pretty sad. Way to you know to have that career and have it go out like that. Um, so now that they were in uh, they were in trouble, they had to actually get another another Stooger. <laughs> so Mo contacted Shemp and asked him to come back. Well, at this point, Shemp was really hesitant because he was having a hell of a solo career, and he didn't want to come back. He didn't want to deal with it, but. He knew that if he didn't come back, that the Three Stooges were going to be done. So he came back with, um, in mind, uh, that it was a temporary basis. He came back on a temporary term because everybody thought Curly was going to get better. Now, it, I mean, I could be wrong, but it goes to show you the ages or the time because, you know, when you have a severe stroke, you don't, you don't come back from that. <laughs> you know, you, depending on how bad the stroke is, and it sounded like Curly had a bad stroke. Um, he, Shemp appeared in 76 shorts. He appeared in 76 of the Stooges films. Um, and then unfortunately in 1952, Curly died from a cerebral hemorrhage, um, because he kept, he kept having strokes. So eventually it just caught up to him and, and kill him. I don't even think you were, you weren't born at that point, were you? You were, you were born in 54, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so... Um, with Shemp there, it gave actually Larry more screen time because I found this pretty neat too. Um, they felt that Shemp wasn't as good as Curly. So in order to make up for Curly's absence, they gave more time to Larry. So I guess if you pay attention to the, the time periods, you'll, you'll see more of Larry in the, in the later films. <laughs> so... Good for Larry. I guess that, that kind of benefited for him. Um, the, uh, three years after Curly's death, Shemp died of a heart attack in 1955. He was only 60 years old. Yeah, only 60 years old. Uh, Mo was stunned by this, and he actually wanted to disband the Stooges. But yet again, he has Columbia screwing him over again. His brother just died. He, you know, he lost his uh, other brother. Curly died. So he lost his two brothers. So now he's thinking, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, guess what Columbia said? You're in a contract with us, and um, you owe us more films that have to have Shemp appear in it. So they, he had to make more films. So he was on the hook for more films appearing Shemp with, with Shemp in it. And Columbia wouldn't let him out. That's... That's messed up. Um, so what they did is they used recycled footage with Shemp 
and then they combined it with new footage using, and you're going to know this name, Joe Palmer. He was known as the fake shimp. They finished the films, and they were actually released in 1956. So they kind of like The Crow, you know what I mean? They had to, when Brandon Lee passed away, they had to use recycled footage, and then they used his stunt doubles. Well, that's what they had to do when Shemp died. They used this gentleman, Joe Palmer, the fake Shemp, to fill in for the shots that they had to, you know, where they needed a body. So pretty neat for, to be able to do that back then, but pretty messed up that Columbia kept them on the hook for that, the friggin' jerks, you bastards. Um, <laughs> so uh, once they were done with all that, Joe Bessler... Besser. Besser? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Joe Besser joined the Stooges to replace Shemp. Um, but, uh, well, I'm sorry. They used him to replace Shemp, but Columbia said that they wanted them to use their actor. So he was actually an actor for Columbia because Mo wanted someone else, but they said, no, you're going to take one of our actors, one of our better comedians, and it was, it was Joe. Later on, he got what he wanted. Mo did afterwards. Yeah, right, he did. Um, and they said, you know, uh, that, you know, my research, it said that he was a good actor, but um, they said these, this block of the Stooges episodes were pretty weak. Do you remember? I, I haven't seen too many with him. Do you, do you remember those? Yes. Yeah, did you enjoy any of them? I did. I always enjoyed the Stooges, but they weren't quite as funny as they used to be years. You, they used to be years ago, and uh, but he was a good actor. <clears throat> Joey Bessel was good. So if you had to rate the generations of of Stooges, so you had Mo Larry and Curly, then you had Mo Larry and Shemp, then you had Mo Larry and and Joe, and there was one more which I'm going to get to, but. Right now, with those three, would you would you go in that order? Mo, Larry, Curly, Mo, Larry, and Shemp, and Mo, Larry, and Joe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they it, so they so you heard it firsthand. They were weak. <laughs> um, in 1957, their contract expired, and several days later, the three Stooges were fired after 24 years. So if you go back to what I said earlier, 23 years they used that scare tactic on the Stooges. And then, oh, wow, excuse me, I burped. Wow, joy of recording live, everybody. Um, but, so it's for 23 years, they screwed the Stooges out of money. They had a total run of 24 years with them. Imagine that. They screwed them for 23 years, and then after 24 years, they fired them. Uh, they said the studio, but here's, here, now here's what's messed up. This is what's messed up, too. They said when they left... When, when, they, when they canceled their contract. Don't you figure 24 years is a long run. That's a career. Um, especially back then because you could retire after 24 years making that kind of money. Um, there wasn't even a handshake. There wasn't even a goodbye. It's just kick them in the ass and see you later. So they, they screwed these guys out of money for 23 years. And then after 24 years, they just kicked their asses right out the door and said, see you later. <laughs> I, I have no words for that. I just It just shows you how cutthroat people can be. Um, and then to make matters even worse, the studio actually had, after they fired the Stooges, enough films for 18 months. And the final Three Stooges episode was released on June 4th, 1959, and the title was called Slap, uh, Slap Bull Fighters. Did you, did you happen to see that one? Or, I mean, yep, they had, they had Joe Besser dressed up like the, the, the guy that holds the towel and makes the bulls go. Oh, the matador. The matador. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. He he had a, he had the look. 
It yeah. was funny, yeah. <laughs> yep. And he got pissed a couple of times. Did he? Yeah. Now, I, I know you were young in 59, but did you actually like see it premiere, or did you actually catch it in a rerun? If I saw it in the premiere, I didn't know it. Yeah. But I remember watching every one of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Um, uh, Mo actually, after they were fired from from Columbia, Mo was regrouping and he tried out Joe Dorita, and he actually found Joe to be a good fit. But because Joe had uh, shaved his head like Curly, he actually became Curly Joe Dorita. Um, they went to work uh, filming a syndicated thirty-five episode series called. Um, Oh, my God. The the Kooks Tour. I drew a blank there for a second. So the name of it was called The Kooks Tour. On January 9th, 1970, unfortunately, Larry suffered a stroke, just like Curly, and that ended his career. In December of 74, Larry had another stroke, causing a coma, and he died a week later of a cerebral hemorrhage, just like Curly did. So two of the Stooges went out the same way. Now, some people say it's like the curse of the Stooges, I guess, but... I mean, hey, it happens. Um, there was some talk of bringing the Stooges back, but it, it never, it never came, never happened, never came, never came to. Um, what is this? Foolish. That word I can't say. But anyway, there was talk of bringing the Stooges back, and it never happened. Boy, I make myself sound pretty stupid sometimes on this thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so the Stooges were all done. They had a career. They had a great career. Um, problem was, is they got screwed a lot. Too bad. Um, but Mo Howard passed away on May 4th of 1975. Joe Besser died March 1st of 1988. And Joe Dorita was the last one to go. He died July 3rd of 1993. So pretty interesting story. It's got quite the history. I mean, it, 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 I guess it didn't always seem to be the, uh, the happy-go-lucky crew that you saw on TV. So... I found that pretty interesting, but now um, I'm going to let Kylie take over for a minute because there's three generations of my family sitting at this table, my dad, me, and then my daughter, and we're sitting here talking about the Three Stooges, which premiered before all of us were born. Uh, my father watched it when he was a kid. I watched it when I was a kid in reruns, and now Kylie actually watched some of the Stooges. And she wrote down uh, three of her favorite episodes, and she's going to talk a little bit about it right now. So, Kylie, go ahead. Take it over. So the first episode that I thought was funny was Don't Throw That Knife. And basically they act as census collectors, and they're in an apartment building with this one girl, and they're talking about it. And they ask if she's married, and she basically says that her husband gets jealous if she talks about anyone, and he nearly killed somebody just for talking to him. So they all get nervous, and they um, run out. But then they decide not to, and they keep talking to her. And then the husband comes, and they all they try to escape before he comes in because knowing what she just said, they're scared. So they hide in like the closet and like underneath the beds and stuff. And the husband and wife are magicians, so before they go out for their show they decide to rest up in the room and the they're in there and so it's funny to try to see them escape and trying to see the wife cover for them because the husband all in all thinks that she's cheating on him with all of them and so it was funny and then my second one I have is disorder in the court 
and the Stooges are key witnesses in a murder trial, are witnesses in a murder trial, and the woman with them is Gil Tempest, who is a dancer at the Black Bottom where the Stooges were magicians. And it's funny to see them like trying to act serious in the courtroom, but when one of them is getting sworn in, he keeps take they keep telling him to take his hat off and put his hand down, but then he puts the hat back on and puts his hand down, and they keep saying, take the hat off, and then it's just a repeat of all that. And my last one is Sing a Song of Six Pants, and the Stoogers are tailors in a tailor shop. Well, that's a good one. And they hear, <laughs> they hear about a big reward for a bank robber, and they think that getting him and getting the reward will pay off their debts. And it's funny to see them trying to find him and did you uh did you see the part now kylie and i oh, let me pull this over here kylie and i have to share a mic because one of my mic cables crapped out so but kylie did in that episode and correct me if i'm wrong dad but that's the same one where mo was tr- uh, larry was trying to get the stain out of the pants and the sunlight was shining through the window and he ended up scrubbing so hard he put a hole in the pants <laughs> yes that was yeah so. yeah that was that was really funny <laughs> so that's pretty neat to see that, you know, like I said, again, three generations here talking about the Stooges. Um, those were Kylie's three favorite episodes. Did you happen to come up with any episodes that were your favorite, well, Dad? all of them were my favorite. I used to laugh. But as a child, you used to watch them poke each other and hit each other over the head with a board or take a saw and run it across Curly's head. <laughs> and you thought that was funny. Now as a full-fledged, full-fledged adult, I find what they said, you listen to what they said, it's hysterical. Some of the lines that they come up with is unbelievable. Um, one of the favorite ones that I had was when um, there were doctors in the uh, in the hospital and they're doing their work and that, and then that microphone on the wall, Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard, and they'd be <laughs> scrambling all over the place. Well, I should, guess I shouldn't say this, but I will, but one day I was in work, and upstairs they, they were going crazy all kinds of permits coming in and everything, and everybody's a nervous wreck, so I figured I'd break the air. So I picked up the phone downstairs, and I put it on intercom, and I put the ringtone on my phone for that hospital scene. Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard. I broadcasted that throughout the building. Everybody got a kick out of it, even the even the uh, vice president of the company. He thought that was hysterical. He said, what a nerve breaker that was. That was funny. <laughs> so thank God you didn't get fired for that one. <laughs> but, There's uh, others. Um, when they were the movers, and they were moving the suit of armor, and it was talking to them. Oh, yeah. Shemp was going crazy. <laughs> that, was, that was funny, you know. And they're banging stuff around, and and one of the, the guy that was inside the suit of armor says, oh, oh, pay attention. Don't break that. That goes all the way back to Henry the <laughs> Henry VIII. And Shemp says, ah, don't worry about it. I got one going back to Sears on the third. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing that I find really cool about watching the Three Stooges is I, I, I like to collect antiques. Um, I'm big into collecting, you know, my, my thing is primitive style antiques, you know, Revolutionary War type stuff, Colonial Day stuff, but... Stuff from the early 1900s, late 1800s and early 1900s is always cool to see because it was just so, f- uh, like, extravagant, you know, and, and even small kitchenwares, like, the labels are just so neat, you know what I mean? They're just so ornate and everything. Watching the Stooges, you know, when they, when they were around in that time, to see those things that are now antiques to us in, in antique shops, to see them actually being used is pretty cool. I mean, that's, you know, thank God for technology because we can see stuff like that now. Um, 
did I don't think in any of those, but the the one where they were in the tailor shop or the dry cleaning shop, did you notice all the old irons and big press machines and everything like that? Yeah, and I think there was a few sewing machines too that were in there too. I think. Yeah. So it's it's pretty neat to see the old the old stuff in work, uh, old stuff working. Um, one episode, and I I wish I would have wrote it down and I forgot, but they worked for a beer company. And they had to make a delivery to a golf course. Is this ringing a bell to your dad? Panther Bear. <coughs> Panther Bear, that's it. Um, and they had this old truck. It had to be an old Ford, obviously. But the beer was still in wooden kegs, wooden barrel kegs. And <laughs> I had to laugh because they had it stacked like 50 barrels high. And Curly was all the way on top. Now, thank God there wasn't all the telephone lines and, and cable lines and stuff there was today because it would have got knocked right down. But, you know, to me, that was that was pretty, it's pretty cool to see that, you know what I mean? To see that stuff in use. And, like, there was another episode where they would get the ice delivery and they had they were using the old ice hooks with the with the big ice blocks. Um, so, I mean, you, you were, you know, you were born in the 50s, but some of that stuff was still around. I remember you, the ice man. Yeah, so you, the campgrounds. You, yeah, so you recall a lot of that stuff being used. Um, did you now the cars too? You you know you know more about cars than me, but a lo- we're looking at a lot of the old cars in the in the Stooges and everything. Um, I remember when we went to a kid when I was a kid, we went to a car show at the Duncan well, Providence Civic Center now Dunkin' Donuts Center, and they had the three Stooges car there. Do you remember what that was? I was only a kid. I think it might have been an old Ford. I'm not sure. No, it was it was they usually used pretty good cars. I think it was in a um it was a Duesenberg. An old timer, yep. and you know it wasn't in the greatest shape, but it, it filled the the thing they needed for the movie. Yeah. Uh, another one they used when they when they played the uh, gas station attendants, and the three the three professors came in to get the car checked out so they could continue their travels. That was a 1929 Packard. Ah, see now my father loves Packard. The Packard's actually pretty cool. If anybody gets a chance, we're gonna have to do an episode actually on Packard because if you you stop and look at the history of cars, besides Preston Tucker's Tucker, um, which was, you know, after Packard. Well, Packard was still around, but it was towards the later days of Packard. But the story of Packard is actually pretty amazing. Um, my father, he has a lot of great knowledge. So that that's I think that should be a future episode on Packard because I like I like World War Two um, and they actually made the engines for the PT boats, which was pretty cool. So um, but anyway, back to the Stooges. Um now, in if you're not very familiar with Riverside, which most people aren't because who the hell wants to come to Rhode Island? It's a little speck in the United States. Sometimes when I say I'm from Riverside, they're like, oh, California? And I'd say, oh, I wish. But uh, back in Riverside, there used to be a place called uh, Crescent Park. Um, and Crescent Park, the best way I can sum it up to people is it was the Disneyland of the early 1900s. I mean, it just was it was the place to go. Uh, it opened up back in the late 1800s, um, <clears throat> and the carousel itself, the original Loof carousel, is still standing. But uh, my father got to be around in Riverside during the glory days of Crescent Park, and he actually got to meet, well, he met, well, I don't know if you met him personally, but uh, the Three Stooges came to Crescent Park in Riverside. So why don't you tell us that story a little bit? We had heard they were going to come, and, and I think it was on a dollar day. So the show was actually for free, but you had to pay a dollar to get in 
to the main gate, and we were all excited. All the kids, I was, there must have been five or six of us uh, going to see the show. And they came out, and they did a skit, and it was funny. And it was it was Mo, and it was Joe Dorita, and it was Larry. And I almost died because we never had a color TV set, and this was the first time I had seen the Stooges in color. And Larry had bright red hair. His hair was just beautiful. It was bright red. And I never knew that because I always thought it was dark because we didn't have color TV. Right. But it was quite interesting to see them. Um. And do you remember what year that was? I'm going to guess between, I'm, I'm thinking 1962. Wow. <laughs> and a dollar back then, 1962, that was uh, that was big money. Yeah, a dollar, you could ride all the rides. And, of course, now you're in the park. Yep. So you didn't have to pay a separate separate uh, fee to go in to see the Stooges. Now, where uh, where did the Stooges perform? I know they had separate types of, um, they had, like, the Shaw Dinner Hall, and they had different event. They had, like, a dance hall and stuff. Do you remember what hall they were in? Yeah, they, they actually weren't in a hall. They performed on a live stage that they set up, and it was right next to the... Uh, where the Shaw Dinner Hall was and the office was. It was like in between the two was was where they put the stage. Wow. And the dancing, st- the dancing place that he referred to was at the other end of the park, and that was the Alhambra Ballroom. Okay, yeah. Actually, you told me a, uh, a funny story, uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, we're going to get off track for a second, but it's, it's a story worth hearing. Um, my grandfather, your father, and um, so his name was Howard, and his, Howarth. Uh, Howarth. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know why I said Howard. Um, everybody called him Howie. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, him and his brother, Lenny, right? Weren't they on leave from World War II? Yes. And they, well, you could, it's when they went out to the Crescent Park and they got a little. They're on, they're, they're on, they're on leave anyways during the war. And uh, they were still living over at my, my uh, great, over my grandfather's house. And, um. My grandfather told them, he said, you'll be home at 11 o'clock. And they decided, no, no, we're not going to be home at 11 o'clock. We're fighting for the country. We're, we're going to be home when we feel like coming home. <laughs> so here they come down the hill, uh, drunk. And uh, so my father's lifting Lenny up to try and get him through the window. And just as he gets him through the window, a flashlight comes on, and it's pointed right at the clock. <laughs> and he said, I thought I told thee to be home at 11 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock in the morning or something. So he took a corn broom, and he started whacking them, and they knocked the <laughs> both of them right out the window. And they had to go up the hill and sleep at the old the old uh, Riverside Junior High underneath the stairs. <laughs> so no matter if you're fighting for our country or not, if your dad says be home at a certain time, Get home at a certain time. You better. But they went to Crescent Park, right? Is that yes. where they they went to Crescent yep, Park and at, had themselves a hell of a time? Right. Yeah. They had all the big the big bands up there. Benny Goodman and all them guys played up there. Harry James. That was quite the place. Yeah, that was like I said. The best way to explain it is the Disney World of uh, of Rhode Island. But um, that's another also future future episode I'd like to uh, I'd like to do because there still are a lot of people around that remember uh, Crescent Park. Just like, you know, my father's one of them. Um, and I'd like to, you know, just get everybody to hear a nice episode about painting the picture for Crescent Park. Um, now, when you when you started watching the Stooges, uh, you had a black and white TV, huh? You were lucky to have a TV? Yeah, very lucky to have a TV. Um, the first time I saw them on TV, they were on, believe it or not, Channel 4 out of Boston. That was WBZ. And the only time they were on is like 6.30 in the morning. So I used to get out of bed without waking up my mother or my brother. 
and go turn the TV set on, and the thing would hum and pop, and it was an old Motorola. What, year, had, had, what, what year was that? Not to interrupt you. I'm painting a nice picture. Like uh, 1960. What was the lady from um, Golden Girls, the old lady? Oh, the mother. Sophia. 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 Picture it. Sicily. Yeah. 1949. But anyway, so, all right, so continue. So it was about 1960. So I'd uh, get up early on a Sunday morning and turn the TV on, and hopefully the weather was good because if it was raining, you were in trouble. So you'd get up and you'd watch the program and it'd be all snow and you could hear hissing and everything and you'd have to move the antenna just the right way. Because we didn't have cable TV, kids. No, nope. <laughs> And there was only three channels. How I got channel four on there is beyond me, but I was always <laughs> I always got in trouble for messing with the TV set. <laughs> messing with the antennas. <laughs> yeah, because you had to move them around. And, and But anyways, that's when I first saw the Three Stooges was on that. And... Uh, You've been watching them ever since. I'll watch them as a grown man and laugh. <laughs> so, um, and then the final thing, um, I remember you had mentioned briefly, and I don't know how much you actually remember, but you said you heard uh, Mo on, yes. on, on the now kind of deceased but brought back uh, WBRU in Providence. Um, do, you re- do you recall any of that? Like what year or, you know, anything he has said, you know, that was just before he he passed away. I think it was uh, your mother and I weren't married yet, but it was early in 1975, like springtime. And uh, I had heard, and all the guys had heard, uh, I was working at Electric Boat then, that, that Mo was going to be on the radio. And it was on a radio station that all of us listened to as a kid, WBRU. It's Brown University. They, had, they were cutting edge on music. And uh, they said they were going to have an interview with Mo Howard. And I turned it on, and I listened to it, and uh, I was amazed. And shortly thereafter, two or three months later, he passed away. But uh, just to hear his voice in a different way. He wasn't kidding with anybody. He wasn't yelling at somebody. He wasn't hitting somebody over the head. (laughs) He was talking into a microphone just like I am now, and he was strictly against drugs. He thought that was the worst thing ever. Well, yeah, I mean, because, well, not so much drugs, but, you know— and earlier in his career, you know, he saw his brother Curly kill himself with that. And uh, Ted, uh, um, what was it, Healy, Healy. Um, you know, he, he turned to that. So that's probably probably why he was against it, I would assume. Yeah, he was against that. Uh, any form of drugs, he just had no use for them. And he, he, was, he said it right out. He said, I don't want anybody to do drugs. You yeah. need to stop. Especially if it was in the 70s because... The seventies, uh, I wasn't. I was still a, I was still a, itching grandpa's pants. <laughs> you weren't even, you, you weren't even thought of when I saw that. When the, I uh, read him, the uh, yeah, the early seventies uh, was quite the rocking time. I mean, you know, with with drugs and hippies and you the know. end of the Vietnam War. Yeah, it was it was wild. So he was definitely probably against that with his old school mentality. Um, do you remember anything else about it, or is it pretty much? That's it. I, yeah. I know they, they showed him coming out of the building on, on one of the TV stations, and I couldn't believe it. He had snow white hair. Yeah. His hair wasn't black anymore. Yeah, he was pretty old at that point. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to chime in about the Stooges? Anything I may have missed or any little memories you have or anything like that before we, uh, before we wrap this up? Well, um, one of the episodes I remember, they were in a house, and I don't think they were moving they were doing something, and they were, the bad guys come in, and they're all—you know how they used to run in and out of the doors and everything else. Well, that Moe's hiding in the closet, so he's in there, and he can feel somebody behind him. And he said, "No, oh, move over, give me some room." And you hear, 
And all of a sudden, just knock it off. Be quiet. What's that? Why don't you take a bicarbonate, he says. He thought it was Larry, and it wasn't. It was a gorilla. <laughs> oh, I remember that episode, yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, before, I, before I forget, um, I know we were going to wrap this up, but uh, somebody had mentioned to me uh, in the mid-'70s, the Three Stooges had a cartoon. They Do you did. remember that? I, but, it wasn't, but it wasn't the actual voices of the Stooges. Um. Right, Mo and Larry did a couple of episodes in it. Okay, so it was back probably around '68. Oh, it was in the '60s. I think so. Okay, all right. I see. I'm a purist, so I didn't really care for it. Right, it, like so like I like with really, Star Trek, everybody, right. you know. <laughs> right. There's nothing like the real thing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't watch it that much, and I was at my point in life where I had to go to work. Right. So. <laughs> right. So yeah, you didn't pay too much attention to it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I was telling uh, off off the uh, air before we started recording, I was telling my father and Kylie that I never realized that the Three Stooges actually had, uh, and I wish I would have found out earlier, I would have done research on it, but they had a Christmas album, and they had like a, an album full of like child songs that they did kind of goofy. Um, and I, I kind of gave it a quick listen today, and it actually is the Stooges um, kind of doing Christmas parodies <laughs> um and and i f i actually found it to be kind of funny um so well i'll have to check that out actually uh i have a huge christmas playlist that i'll i'll definitely add that to but um i think that's gonna do it unless you you got something over there i see you looking into your ipad i just um, <laughs> remember the funniest things uh one of the episodes they were playing electricians the handyman and uh so the lady was complaining that the water wouldn't work. <laughs> so this is the episode where Curly was in the bathtub upstairs and he had piped himself all the way in. He couldn't get out of the bathtub. <laughs> he kept adding adding pipe and the water just kept shooting everywhere. So then the next episode, you see out in the front yard of the house, you see Larry come up through the ground. He's been underground digging, looking for wires and everything <laughs> else. So he gets into the kitchen and they turn the water on and nothing happens. So he runs outside and he's out there for a couple of minutes and he comes running back in the house and the lady says, do we have water? He goes, you got no water, lady. You know why? Your pipes are full of wires. Well, he pulled out all the electrical wires out of the conduit <laughs> thinking, they were, thinking it was a water pipe. Yeah. No wonder you ain't got any water. He says, your pipes are full of wires. <laughs> he's lucky he didn't get blasted. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, so that looks like uh, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, Three Stooges episode. Um, I would like to uh, I'd like to thank my dad for joining us today. So thank you, Dad. You're welcome. Uh, Kylie, always a pleasure. It's glad to have you back. Past couple episodes were with me and Steve on the uh, WWE Elimination Chamber. Uh, but tonight, Kylie and I are actually going to do the Footloose episode. So you're going to get a double shot of the No Limits podcast. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, again, please leave us a, uh, a review, a feedback on iTunes or get us on social media at Facebook or Instagram. And again, you can listen to us on Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes. And I got to do Google Play today. So thank you again, everybody. And we will talk to you soon. Later. <laughs>